This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Strangers and Aliens, episode 134, Romans 8, The Geek Bible. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did so wise, you was that he created something, so we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome to Strangers and Aliens. Welcome, welcome. I'm Ben Avery, and with me... And, and I'm Steve McDonald. And we are here to talk about yes. the connection of sci-fi, fantasy... Faith and Christianity. Ding, ding, ding. And how they all intersect, you know, it's the and merge together. It's trifecta of four. Making it by definition not a trifecta. Yes. I think, yes. But okay. Yeah, yes. sure. Um, and obviously the, uh, you know, faith and Christianity is the far more important elements as far as living your life. Um, but today is actually going to be a, a little more in-depth in that area. Um that's good. Well, usually we talk about a, a movie or a book or sci-fi concept or something like that mm -hmm. and then pull out the elements of of spirituality and things we can learn about our relationship with Christ and that kind of thing. For example, not that you've heard this, Steve, because it hasn't been released yet and not that you're going to hear it because it's about Transformers. But I, I, I feel pretty good about the Transformers um, lesson that I pulled out. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. You know, well, you'll have to wait until you hear it, but there's a there's a pretty deep theme that Transformers actually scratches. Now, oh. the theme itself is deep. The movie itself is not. Really? Okay. Oh. I I I could not have guessed. Well, but Steve, the theme is deep. The movie doesn't go there. Don't I mean, it's just you, don't worry, man. You're not missing so it, anything. The the theme is 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 deep, although they don't really touch on the theme during the movie. Right, right. The it's after. it's the theme that they mention. It's almost like this. It's like, yeah, faith. Okay, <laughs> not that faith is the theme I'm talking about. You know, but it's like they say the words, right? That reference the theme. So you'll know. And they kind of explore it a little bit, but I, I wonder how much of it is accidental. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so normally we're pulling themes out of things, you know, that don't necessarily have those themes there, or if they do, sometimes it's themes that come from an opposite perspective, you know, or something like that. But today we're going to talk, we're going to start with the spiritual ideas and kind of pull some sci-fi strings as we're doing it. Cool. All right. 
So, um, and this, I, I thought we had done, we, I thought we had started a series maybe a year or two ago that we did one episode of it and it was just me reading a thing that I'd written. I thought we had actually going to start calling the series the geek Bible, but we didn't. So we're, this is not part of a series, but we're, we're still going to do it. So, all right. Then. Um, and if it was part of a series, it would be called geek Bible, you know, because we're actually pulling on these verses and, right. and talking about them as geeks would talk about them. Not necessarily Absolutely. as you would in your Bible study with your, your civilians, um, <laughs> fr- your civilian friends or your muggle friends or whatever you want to call them. Civilians. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> truth of it is I talk about things differently when I'm with certain friends that I do with other friends. And so with, with you, Steve, you're one of those special friends that, that you dumb it down so I can understand it. No, I dumb it up. <laughs> I dumb it up so you can understand it. Dumbed up. Yes, man. You wow. better believe it. You should that's feel honored. Awesome. Oh yeah. That's, that is, that's an honor. Um, <laughs> Dumbed up. So the other thing that came out of this is as Steve and I were bouncing some ideas back and forth, I bounced him this verse or a section of verses from Romans. Cause I love the book of Romans. And then when I was doing a search on our website to find out if we actually called the other previous episode geek Bible, it turns out I'd already written an article uh, <laughs> on our website, but back in August of 2012. So we're talking a long time ago using this verse to come from, right. by the way, if you're hearing those noises, I don't know if you can or not. It's not a machine gun. It's our neighbor's using up their 4th of July fireworks. So, oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know if you can hear it or not. I'm not sure if, if my I gain is, is low enough that, the, that you can't hear it, but, um, all right. I'm actually, I'm actually in Maine right now and I'm surprised you don't hear more fireworks going on up here. Yeah. I'm not really hearing anything, but maybe our listeners will. <laughs> maybe. They maybe, maybe I'm hearing mine. You're hearing yours. And, I'm not hearing yours. You're not hearing mine, but our listeners are hearing both of them. That would stink. <laughs> Only for them. So no big deal. That's true. Cause you're, we're not going <laughs> to listen to this again, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, so here's the verses that we're going to talk about today. And I love these verses because these are, these resounded with me as a, as a young writer and as a young geek. Um, when I, when I came across them the first time and they're in Romans, it's Romans eight thirty five through 39. And we're going to kind of talk about these, these verses and kind of um, explore them geekually, you know, cause that's a real word now. <laughs> geekually. Is, yeah. Is a real word? Okay. Yeah. That's a word because, so. well, it is because there's a podcast called geekually. Geekually. Oh, geekually. You're, you're right. Geekually. Yeah. Which reminds me by the way, um, I should say that this podcast is a proud member of the Crossover Nexus That's right. network. And Geekly Yoked is one of those podcasts that is also a proud member of the Crossover Nexus network. And you can find more podcasts like this and probably better. <laughs> um, uh, you can find more, though. If you go to crossovernexus.com, you can find links to the other podcasts that are a part of things. And you can also find another podcast called The Crossover Nexus, which is – it's the Avengers of podcasting. We used that line when we first did a crossover way, you know, way, way, way back. But this is truth, truthfully that. 
our our individual podcast, Strangers and Aliens, is like Captain America, and oh, let's say Sci-Fi Christian is like um, Iron Man, and Geekly Yoked is like I don't know Hulk or something like that. But Sci-Fi Christian is Iron Man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, It'd be more like Bouncing Boy or something. No, no. But you you take them those individuals and throw them all together in a pot, and you get Avengers, right? And it's so that's that's what crossover nexus is. You're not bouncing boy. Bouncing boy, you're you're even in the wrong comic book universe. Well, I know, and that's where, usually where I go when I'm talking about that uh, that <clears throat> other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other. So anyway, crossover nexus podcast is a roundtable discussion about just different themes, but it brings in a bunch of different voices. And what's cool is it's not just it discovering different voices, but getting to play off each other. And, you know, normally when Steve and I have a conversation, I, I pretty much have a good idea where it's going to go um, <laughs> because, you know, we've known each other for years. Um, it's So it's fun to have conversations with people that we haven't known for years. So, yep. Uh, OK, so that said, um, yeah, Romans 8, 35 through 39. I love these verses. And Steve, yeah. um, I'm not sure what your feelings are about these verses. They're- the entire book of Romans is uh, – <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot – I'm serious. I cannot understate how awesome the book of Romans is. Yeah. I mean if you if you really have not sat down and read the book of Romans, turn this podcast off and go read Romans. That's right. We're giving you a spoiler warning here. It is you should turn the podcast off, read Romans and come back and um, – no, the other thing is – Paul is a very strong, strong philosophical writer. Mm-hmm. And so he packs every phrase with meaning. And when I was uh, at camp teaching, uh, we were, used a bunch of Romans verses that I was using to teach the, the youth program. And, you know, the whole camp, children, youth, and adults were all talking about the same verses on the same day and the same ideas behind it, but just kind of doing it in our, with our own um, our own within our own program for our own age groups. Um, basically, it was I'm going to show you a verse right now, and we're going to talk about like one third of that verse. Um, <laughs> there's so much here, you know. We're yeah. we're barely scratching the surface, and yeah. every time you read Romans, or I should say, you, every time I read Romans, there's something new that jumps out at me because it's just packed in so densely. Yeah. Um, there's just so much there, and it's so rich. Mm-hmm. Um, it's my favorite book. I quizzed over it. That's and that's part of why it's my favorite book. I did Bible quizzing when I was in high school. Yeah, and we quizzed over Matthew and Romans the two years nice. that I did the Bible quizzing. And so Matthew, it's my favorite gospel because I spent so much time on it. And then Romans is another one where it's just it's my favorite. I would I would say it's my favorite book of the Bible, easily. I I can't I can't argue with that. I mean, there no, are you can't because it's true. It's my favorite book. Why would you books. argue with that? <laughs> no, there, there are. There, if if you were to to have like the top ten books of the Bible or the top five, it would be like all of them in first place because there would be there would be valid ex- explanations. Yes. It's like baseball. Yes. No, I agree. <laughs> Babe Ruth is, is the best because he's the best home run hitter. Ty Cobb's the best because he's the best, you know, pure hitter. Ted Williams is the best because he's the best uh, mix of the – I mean and there's there's all these bests. Right, yeah. That, that you can call the best and still be right. 
you know. Right, because so. it, it does sound kind of bad if you're going to say, well, if this one's the best and I make my way down to number 66. Yeah, I know. Habakkuk. This is the worst book in the Bible. <laughs> oh, don't read Amos. Yeah, that just does feel kind of bad when you're saying, it's like, this is my least favorite child. Yeah. You're just not going to say that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, not not out loud, right? <laughs> Yeah. Are we recording yet? Oh, yeah, we're recording. <clears throat> I mean, no, you would never say that. <laughs> you know, my daughter did that, though. Um, she had a great answer when we were at camp. Someone asked her, oh, so you're, you're best friends with this girl? Yeah, yeah. She's the, they, they met each other at camp seven years ago mm-hmm. and have been best friends ever since and see each other every year, only when we go to camp to work at the camp that we volunteer at. And someone asked her, so um, is she your best friend? And, or who's your second best friend? You know, like asking your questions like that. My my daughter just said, "I don't rate my friends." <laughs> yeah. and the, the woman just looked at her. That's a good answer. But I don't rate them. So, okay. Anyway, as far as that goes, then you were saying you wouldn't argue with Romans. Absolutely not. No. Um, yeah, I Romans is just my favorite though, and I, I don't feel bad saying that. I'm not going to go down to number 66, but Romans, Job, Matthew, those are those are my They're top three. Good. Those are my all top three. All of them. I love returning to those three books. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And there are some books where it's a slog, but we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> because, well, here's the thing, though. If, if reading something in the Bible is a slog for you, one thing you might need to think about doing is figuring out why. Mm-hmm. And, okay, yeah, it might be work, but it might mean, okay, the work is going to have some worth because you're digging in. Right. You know, and so you need to be asking yourself, if you're reading something in the Bible and saying, oh, this is boring, start asking yourself why, but then also start looking for what is it that's going to make this, you know, what's the meaning here? Because everything in the Bible is there for a reason. Right. I mean, that's, you know, whatever your thoughts on how things are inspired, you know, did did God was automatic writing, you know, or was God just, uh, you know, giving them ideas and they're using their own words or mm-hmm. whatever you think about how that works. Everything is there for a reason. And that's, that's right. one of the things it means when, you know, all scriptures, God breathed. Yeah. All of it is God breathed. It's there. Yeah. It's yeah. there for a reason. So when you're reading Deuteronomy <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> Oh, I'm reading numbers right now. And you know what? The name is right. There's a lot of numbers. There's you know? a lot of numbers there. You'd be asking yourself, why is it here? So anyway, um, should, should we probably get to the topic at hand, though? Eh. Oh, when you're the end of the episode, we could just have it as the first of a two-parter. I don't like two-parters, man. All right. Then let's just you you got to have a reason. If, if it's going to be two-parter, you have to have a reason. I hate it when people just stop their podcast mid-conversation because it's, quote-unquote, too long. Right. I'm doing my quotey fingers yeah. close to the microphone so you can see them. I can see him. But, you know, there's no reason to do that. No, absolutely there's, not. There's no reason, unless you have a reason for it to be two parts, because, oh, this one's talking about this, this one's talking about this. So we're not going to do that. We're going to read right now. Romans 8, 35 through 39. I believe this is NIV. I'm, I'm not sure where I, I typed it out of, so I'm um, pretty sure it's NIV. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who 
loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons, nor the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. That's awesome. Not, that's not a little ominous. Christ Jesus, our Lord. I should, let's, let's amend that. Christ Jesus, our Lord. Does that sound a little more? I don't know. It sounds matter. more like you're not like, you know, holding it over someone's head. Yeah. Like our Lord. Yeah. Not yours. Well, who knows? But yeah. definitely our. Our. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. So one of the things I love about this verse is it really clearly defines the love of Christ and the love of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is nothing can separate you from the love of God. Right. Nothing. And so that's the big, the big idea connection. But you can see why this is really uh, appealed to me as a as a youngster, and as someone you know, a fan of Star Trek, who's also a Christian reading this, you know, and, <laughs> um, you know, a fan of comic books because the the list of all the things that could separate you from God, right? Mm-hmm. So here's our list: death, life, angels, and demons. The present, the future, any powers, height and depth, or anything else in all creation can separate us. All right. So it's like a list of, of you know, that's that's an Avengers comic book series right there. <laughs> okay, here comes death. Death Defeated. can't. Yep. <laughs> oh, there's some demons from Inferno. Nope. But, can't but, separate but look, us from God. Look, here, here comes life. Yeah. Not, not even life. Nope. Life no, can't no, no. Angels. Here comes some angels. Yeah, it, here's the future. So we're going to go travel in time. <laughs> That's right. And the present. Now we're back. Yeah, and I like the present. The past is not there. Send your presence in care of. Oh, wait. You mean the present time. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Yep. The past isn't there. That's an interesting thing because uh, uh, it's an interesting thing because of two things. One is, you know, Paul obviously is not writing about time travel. So he's not going to say, you know, going to the past. It's not going to. But the past is actually something that some people um, do look at as something that that causes God to not love you. You know, mm-hmm. and and so you know things that you've done in your past or things that were done uh, to you in your past, right. and and people right. see that as something that separates them from God. It's not mentioned here, um, but I think that's a cultural understanding of the universe that mm-hmm. he wouldn't use the past as a noun of something that could separate you from God. Right. Um, besides what she says, anything else in all creation, I think that would include the past, but, um, but that's an interesting, an interesting thing that the past is not there. And, uh, okay. So when I was a, when I was in high school, I wrote a book, a time travel book, about a group of teenagers that were thrown back in time. Um, and the teenagers were all my friends. Um, you know, it was one of those books. I, I did that often um, where I actually wrote. It, it wasn't just thinly veiled. It was like, okay, here's me and my friends right. going on adventures or whatever. And it wasn't like a Romana clay. It was like a Romana you, Billy and you, Jimmy and you, Carl. Yeah, it was, I mean, I used their names and, and their personalities and, you know, and our relationships with each other. And it was fun and funny and that kind of thing. Um, 
this one wasn't meant to be a comedy. It was meant to be an adventure, you know. But um, I used this verse then, right? Because all the writers that I was reading at that time, they would put in quotes from songs and and philosophers and stuff like that in their books. You know, Alan Moore, he did it. Stephen King, he did it. Right. So I was going to do it, but of course, I was a Christian, so I was going to use Bible verses every time, right? <laughs> um, so I used this verse and then put in parentheses or the past, you know, <laughs> because they went back in time in, in the story. Right. So, um, I don't do that as much anymore than I'd actually uh, a writer. I don't do the meaningful quote that's going to tell you the theme of the book. No. No, I don't. Not not, not so much anymore. I like to just hammer. <laughs> The whole thing, just write down. So that's right. I, so your anti-war book, you're going to use the quote from Edwin Starr's, you know, "War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing." And that's before they even start reading the story, so they know what they're getting into. Yeah, yeah. I mean that 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 would be the title of the book. <laughs> War. What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Huh. Say it again now. <laughs> um. So anyway. Yeah, I mean, this is this totally though. This this whole thing. Okay, so we have um, okay height nor depth. Depth makes me think of Aquaman. Yeah, and, or like like the like the depths of the ocean, the deepest yeah, parts. Totally. Where the, the kaiju come from. Ooh, yeah, you can get in some Cthulhu stuff there. Yeah, Cthulhu, kaiju, yeah. anything that ends in ooh, because <laughs> you get that ooh. Uh, but. This so that's something I really like is that you know this this is pretty much the end all and be all statement of what can you know, what's going to separate you from God's love, you know nothing, not even you. Yeah, you, you know, can't even do it. He loves you, you know, and uh, so yeah, it's it's a it's a powerful verse. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, well, let's start at the beginning. You know, we we've already looked at the sort of that that the climax of the verse but what what who shall separate us from the love of god that's interesting yep. it starts out who who shall separate us from the love of god doctor who you got yep right there <laughs> yes definitely okay we don't want to read in too much all right all right yeah. fine no we're we're, we're said the avengers of the uh, no, series cuz we're pulling on strings here uh, we're not we're not pushing the strings in Doctor Who. That's not even his name. Unless you're talking about Doctor Who from King Kong vs. Godzilla. No, from King Kong Escapes. The sequel to King Kong vs. Godzilla. Now I'm talking about Doctor Who played by Peter Cushing in the 1970s. Oh, oh that one. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. Of course. So, or was it the 60s? I don't know. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Not Peter not Cushing. That's no, right. Not Peter not. Cushing. Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword... Okay. Nope. No, but let's look at that question. Because I got a question for you, Steve. As okay. an American Christian. All right. Basically, only one of those things I think applies, or two could possibly apply. Famine, <clears throat> nakedness, danger, or sword. I haven't gone through a famine. I mean, there might be something in our future that we don't know about it. But, and I've never been unclothed without my own choice. <laughs> I've never been. I never faced nakedness because of a financial situation. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Well, there, um, there's still danger. I mean, there's there still, is danger. You're right. There's um, still uh, missionaries and and. Um, oh, I'm not talking about missionaries. Though. I'm talking about you I'm, and me. I'm talking about the average American Christian here. 
Right. I'm talking about people who are missionaries to America, basically, you know, evangelists and things like that, who are still going out into the public square and sometimes getting put into to, into jail, into prison for, you know, talking about God. They're getting citations and warnings mm -hmm. and, you know, handcuffed and thrown off of campuses. But are they the average? I would hope they would be the average. I don't think they are. What I'm saying here is the an average, average minute, American an average, Christian is not facing this, an average this stuff. Un, quote, unquote Christian, like someone who calls himself a Christian? Or well, an that's another part of the question. Christian. That's another part of the question is because if you are not facing persecution, are you doing something wrong? I would imagine so. See, that's uh, – I mean the, this is – it's an interesting thing because Paul is writing to people who – just by by the very you know just by showing up to a home church you could be arrested you know mm -hmm. um yeah. and he you know he's writing to different. he's writing to the christians in rome and this is i think before the uh the great roman fire and, and all that stuff because uh, from what we understand of, of paul's um history is that after rome burned that was when you know nero really kicked in with the persecution and that's where Paul would have been arrested and, and put in the terrenium or however you say that word, put in this pretty awful prison for a while and then and then let off to be killed. Um, which is none of that is biblical history. It's all of that stuff that I just said is not from the Bible. It's from traditional history. And so we don't know exactly how much of that is is accurate. But right. that's that's our understanding. And a lot of that, there's reason to believe that it, it should be accurate mm -hmm. um, but I, I do want to stress that I'm not talking about anything that's actually coming from the Bible when I'm saying those things about Paul um, but the the fact that he's writing to the Christians in Rome and they were facing persecution there um, and and pretty bad persecution too I mean it was not yeah. it's, it's not like uh, I don't want to bring up actual things <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to get into that but it's not like you know a, a coworker who laughs at you because you talked about church. Let's, let's, that's a safe thing to get into without, without right. digging into something that listeners could be like, well, I fall on this side and I fall on that. Yeah, you're right. right. Absolutely. You know, everyone can, has, has had the experience of, you know, Hey, you're a Christian. Uh, uh, are Christians supposed to be stupid or, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. everyone has, has had that experience. So I think that's a safe place to go. I don't call, I don't, I don't count that persecution. I'll, I'll be no. honest. I, I, I really don't. I, um, I think by strict definition, it possibly is, but it's not the kind of persecution Paul's talking about here. It's ridicule. Which yeah. Is persecution. yeah. It's a form of maybe, but, but anyway, um, yeah, I mean, that, that is a question I think that to, to consider is if you are not facing persecution, are you, are you doing something wrong as a Christian? Um, because Jesus promises will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and blessed are you if you're persecuted in his name. Right. But it also goes to the point of, you know, there are different types of persecution and mm -hmm. some are not the physical persecution. Some of it is spiritual. You know, yeah, some of yeah. it is, is we're going to be persecuted in the spirit. And, so, uh, yeah. And, and the other thing is culturally we are in a different place and in a different time. And, yeah. you know, Bill Cothard, I don't know if you're familiar with him. Bill but, Cosby? No, yeah, Bill Bill Gothard did the Institute of Family Life something or other that I had to go through in high school because I went to a Christian high school. And it was like one semester of Bible class or junior year, I think it was. 
Um, but anyway, I don't remember a lot of what he said, but one of the things that really did resound with me is things you can't change. Okay. There are certain things you just can't change. And one of those things is you can't change the time and place where you were born. Right. You know, and that's just, that just is what it is. You can change where you're going to live in the future, but you can't change the time and place you were born. And I think part of that also was you can't change, uh, your, your past or your, your family or so. I don't remember exactly that, but you know, the time and place you were born, you can't change. And we are born into the time and place where we live. And some people like you, you're saying people go out into the public square. I have friends who are in China doing things, Mm um, who they're not just, they're not facing persecution in China. If they are going to be caught for what they're doing, they are facing jail time though. <laughs> they, yeah. they aren't facing like day to day persecution, but they are facing the danger, uh, some very serious danger. And now we're, now we're talking about danger or sword mm-hmm. or trouble or hardship. So definitely now trouble and hardship that comes from, that's more of your, uh, I think life situations. Yeah. And in danger too. I mean, if you think about it, um, the, the time and place where we live right now, you face danger just by getting into your car. <laughs> um, and I, I think you face a very real danger uh, yeah. and by getting into your car or storms. We had a tornado, tornado warning the other night. It was fun. We all got up one thirty. My daughter heard the sirens, and um, my wife was wow. already downstairs watching the weather, weather channel. But um, so we all came downstairs we all had sleeping bags in our pajamas and everything and we're watching the weather channel and and uh you know just waiting for the storm to pass over but then half an hour after the storm had passed over we were still hanging out in the living room so it was fine (laughs) but i mean that's that that is a daily danger weather we can't control that right we we can't do anything about it it's just it's coming through and how are you going to respond that's right and i think a lot of it too is uh because we're christians there are certain things that we can't be part of, you know, like um, a couple of times in work situations, things have come up where you need to do this this way for you to to even succeed in this business. To not, it, it, if you don't do it this way, it's an automatic fail. And doing it that way is is somehow compromises your Christianity. You know, yeah. uh, you yeah. have to, like if, if you're talking to someone on the phone, you have to say this thing that is technically a lie or just a sort of a trick. It's deceitful to sort of get them into the point where, where, you know, you can, you can talk to the person and et cetera. Um, like sometimes people will call the house and they'll say, you know, Oh, hi, is, 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 uh, is Steve there? And of course you think to yourself, Oh, this must be a friend. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know the, we're a little savvy to stuff like that. So if my wife answers the phone, she'll say, "Well, who's this?" And the person will be like, "Oh, I, you know, I just I just like to talk to Steve." Yeah. Oh, uh, well, what's your name? Uh, you know, uh, Joe. Uh, okay, Joe who? Joe Josephson. <laughs> be like well, that guy's a really bad liar, by the way. <laughs> Joe Josephson's I, really not a good liar. I actually had a, a woman call the house for my wife, <laughs> and I said, well, what's your, what's your name? She said, this is a friend of, of your wife, and I said, what's your name? Yolanda? And I said, what's your last name? 
Yolanda. <laughs> Absolutely serious. Yolanda, Yolanda called my wife. Wow. We don't know anyone named Yolanda. Well, in, in that situation, you're, ta- you're talking about someone who's not being asked to lie necessarily, although with the name thing they are, but they're being asked to withhold truth or be deceitful. Yeah. To be deceitful in the way that they say things that are true. Yeah. Or stupid. So anyway, so what you're saying is that kind of falls into the the trouble or, or maybe – see, again, I wouldn't necessarily put that to persecution. No, not persecution, but, but trouble. Yeah, yeah. You know, it I definitely mean, falls in this question here because you know Paul's starting out with questions saying, who shall separate us, shall all this trouble? Um, and then he's encouraging. <laughs> so here's his statement of encouragement. As it is written – for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. That's that's really encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Oh. Shall persecution separate you from God? No, because as it's written, they're going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> it's, it's going to unite you with God that much sooner. That's right. <laughs> 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 that's great <laughs> but then that's when you get into the negative here uh, the negative of the, the answer here no in all these things we are more than conquerors through him right. who loved us right. so let's talk about that part there The we are more than conquerors and again my mind runs to <laughs> my, my mind runs to here Superman versus Batman it do you know would. why do you know yeah. why Batman is a conqueror he is a conqueror. Mm-hmm. Conan yep. is a conqueror. They go yep. out and they're going to find the bad or find what's going, you know, what's whatever's going to get in Conan's way. Or Batman, he's going to go find criminals and he is going to destroy. He is going to conquer. He is going to knock it down, punch it down, punch it out, dumb it's it up. up. <laughs> um, and then I think it's Superman. Can you hear me? Yes. What? You're fuzzing out. Oh. I'm recording it on my end, though. Okay. So, I thought you were adding to what was Batman was doing. No. <laughs> Batman is going to fuzz it out. He's going to fuzz it out. I, that I sounds, just I didn't. Um, I didn't hear you for a second. Oh no! I was just talking about Batman. I, I yeah. heard that part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about Batman, man. Batman, man. Uh, but then I consider Superman, and I look at him <laughs> as someone who is. I'm not going to say he's more than a conqueror necessarily, but he is someone who's more powerful and he is someone who is not just going out to try and destroy the evil, at least in the good stories. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm wrong there, but you know, we're Sometimes more than, we're more than conquerors and think about it culturally. And I, I don't know exactly what the word is that he's using here and how that fits into like what you would call emperor Nero or anything like that. But Nero. I mean, he's Rome. They conquered Israel. They conquered them. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, basically, Israel was in a situation where for like a thousand years, it was just this flux of who was the next conqueror who's going to come through. Right. You know, and here Paul's saying, hey, you guys are being persecuted in Rome. And he's writing this letter to Romans because he wants to visit them. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting. A lot of his other letters are encouraging people he's already known 
and he actually made, probably wrote this from Galatia, I think it was. So he's like visiting a church that he he's already known them for a while. And he's written a letter to them, but now he's writing to Rome because he wants to go and visit the people in Rome. Uh-huh. And he's saying, you know, he's, but he's saying to them, "You are more than conquerors through him who loved us, and you are more than those Romans who are arresting you." Yeah. So, and then you get into the list. The list that really just resounded with me as a <laughs> as a geeky kid, it still resounds with me. Yeah. Um, but the the that's because this is a list that gets into really big ideas. Really, I again, everything he writes is just packed so densely. But that I'm convinced neither death nor life, angels or demons, the present, the future, any powers. Height, depth, anything in all creation. Yeah, these are big ideas, and and honestly, you know, you see these ideas. This is where you kind of get into um, the narrative conflicts of man versus man, and man versus nature, and man versus self, and man versus God. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is it's all there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's man versus everything right there. Yep. And all those things that are going to come up against you, it will not separate you. Right. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, that's the thing is it's so clear. It's so clear in this verse. God mm-hmm. loves you. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just a great, great inspiration and a great, great reminder, I think, to remember, you know. Mm-hmm. Dude, man. Nothing. So here's what I wrote in the article. <laughs> right? Yeah, here's what I wrote in the article. <laughs> um, so I took it a little further. You know, the article I called Encouragement Beyond Time and Space and put a little picture of uh, David Tennant next to a TARDIS and said, so not even this guy can take you somewhere where you'll be separated from the love of God. Yep. Um, but I, I, I did add to it in a geeky way. Nothing, no one, nowhere no when can separate you from his love nowhere you can go in this universe or another as you march toward the future or look into your past perhaps the fan of the sci-fi and fantasy could rewrite this as this verse has nothing no evil at mastermind or technological technological marvel and nowhere in space and or time can separate you from god's right. love so yep romans 8 35 to 39 i love this verse so anything else you want to pick out here? Any other strings you want to pull on? You know, it's, it is it is one of those things where we may get people who are um, more on the uh, – on you know, trying to de- decide the whole thing about predestination and free will and everything like that. Um, you know, when I read this verse, it sort of affirms – how I feel about the whole thing, which is it's a perspective thing. We have free will. That's our perspective. Uh-huh. And when we decide to repent and put our faith in Jesus Christ as our Savior and our Lord, it's the Holy Spirit working with us in that. You know, we don't have any... It's... It, it, we don't have any chance without God, without the Holy Spirit, without Jesus. 
So it's a process that is put forward. It's, it's a calling by God. You know, so that free will is, is us, our perspective coming into that, that, uh, that situation. The predestination is God's perspective where he's outside of time. He sees what's going to happen. And since he sees what's going to happen, it's predestined to him. Mm-hmm. It's still free will to us. And that's when the idea, you know, I, I talked earlier about the, you know, quote unquote Christians. And it's because there are a lot of people who call themselves Christians who, or who call themselves Christians for right now or who call themselves Christians, but, you know, there's always something else. And that's the, the quotation marks around it because a true Christian, a person who is truly called by God, who has truly made that repentance and, and faith in Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord, truly and honestly, nothing can separate that person from God. And, you know, you can talk about backsliding. That's another perspective thing. You could talk about people who were Christians but aren't Christians now or, you know, what if this person died before they became a Christian, et cetera, et cetera. That's all the perspective thing. You know, we could do an entire show on on the perspective and how everything falls into it. But when you are a true Christian, get rid of the quotes and just a true Christian, what the Bible calls a Christian, repenting, believing, Jesus Christ, Savior, Lord, those elements and buying into this system. You know, I, I say buying, but it's basically, you know, God buying it for us. We, there's nothing we can do. We can't get out of it. If we're truly a Christian, if we truly understand what it means to be a Christian, to be saved, what we're saved from, you know, the the consequences of sin, eternal hell, all these horrible things, if we truly understand that and recognize that, then no, nothing can separate us because why would we? You know, there's not even... once we understand it, you can't go back. You know, it's sort of like writing a, a a comic book story where Captain America goes evil. You couldn't. You couldn't write a Captain America goes evil story and have people buy into it because immediately, it would, oh, he's, he's brainwashed. Oh, he's being mind controlled. Oh, there's, you know, something that's taking over his body. Oh, he's possessed or whatever. And you would automatically go to that. You would automatically go to there's no possible way that Steve Rogers can be actively, consciously, purposefully committing evil acts because that's not what he does. You know, (laughs) that's not him. And there's nothing that can take him away from that core, that center of what he believes to be right and true. And when we become Christians – that's that's what we buy into. That's our that's our core. Yeah, you talk about the, the whole free will thing and, and the time and all that kind of stuff. C.S. Lewis had some interesting writings about that, where basically he's talking about how um, the same way you are, you know, with, with God being, um, it's not the the predestination is from God's perspective, the free will is from our perspective. But, um, his idea is that, um, that time is the mode of our perception 
and that there is this is from miracles. There is a, there is therefore in reality no question of gods at one point in time adapting the material history of the universe in advance to free acts which you or I are to perform at a later point in time. To him, all the physical events and all the human acts are present in an eternal now. The liberation of finite wills and the creation of the whole material history of the universe is to him a single operation. Uh, and just that idea of because he's eternal, time, he's, he's not involved in a linear time frame. Mm-hmm. We are. And, you know, we are you know constantly in the present moving toward the future and looking to the future. But he is there. Right. You know, he is already there. And so just that, again, this is kind of getting into some, some sci-fi <laughs> ideas too. Um, in mere Christianity, another difficulty we get if we believe God to be in time is this. Everyone who believes in God at all believes that he knows what you and I are going to do tomorrow. But if he knows I'm going to do so, and if he knows I'm going to do so-and-so, how can I be free to do otherwise? Well, here, once again, the difficulty comes from thinking that God is progressing along the timeline like us. The only difference being that he can see ahead and we cannot. Well, if that were true, if God foresaw our acts, it would be very hard to understand how we could be free not to do them. But suppose God is outside and above the timeline. In that case, what we call tomorrow is visible to him in just the same way as what we call today. All the days are now for him. He does not remember you doing things yesterday. He simply sees you doing them because though you have lost yesterday, he has not. He does not foresee you doing things tomorrow. He simply sees you doing them because though tomorrow has not yet come there for you, it is for him. You never suppose that your actions at this moment were any less free because God knows what you are doing. Well, he knows your tomorrow's actions in just the same way because he is already in tomorrow and can simply watch you. In a sense, he does not know your action till you have done it, but the moment at which you have done it is already now for him. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so it's like saying, it's it's that, you know, can God create a, a rock bigger than he can hold, you know? Right. And the answer is yes and no, <laughs> you know? It's that, in a sense, back to, this is Lewis again, in a sense, he does not know your action till you have done it. But then the moment at which you have done it is already now for him. So he knows it. Right. You know, the idea has helped me a good deal. If it does not help you leave it alone, (laughs) (laughs) it is a Christian idea quotes in the sense that great and wise Christians have held it. And there's nothing in it contrary to Christianity, but it is not in the Bible or any of the creeds. You can be a perfectly good Christian without accepting it or indeed without thinking about the matter at all. So, right. But again, it goes back to that, you know, uh, how the, the past and the future can't separate you from God's love because he's there loving you. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting thought. I, I kind of touched on this in my, in my review of, uh, um, Oh, edge of tomorrow, which I don't know if you've listened to yet, but, I um, I, I kind of touch on this, this idea there, uh, because God is beyond time and all that kind of stuff. And, and when God, when Christ died on the cross, he did it for things that hadn't yet happened. Right, but he did it for things that he knew were going to happen. You know, kind of right. that. Um, and this is this is the same kind of thing. There, um, the past and the future can't separate you from God's love because He's already there and has been there. And so, as we face danger in the future or hardship in the future, things we may not even know about that are waiting for us in in our timeline, so to speak. <laughs> so you know, some terrible accident 
that's going to happen in three years or three weeks or whatever. Right. He's there, ready and waiting, already, for you to to come to that moment in time, and he's he's there with you. Yep. He's there already, and all these terrible things that have happened in the past, where you felt, you know, this, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me, or this changed my life because of this terrible, terrible thing. He's there with you then. And that's something interesting to think about when you're thinking about your past separating you from God's love. Mm-hmm. And you think about something, I've done something so terrible that God can't possibly love me. Well, he was there loving you even as it was happening. Right. Uh, and here, okay. So there we have it. I just jumped into Romans a little bit and came up with some stuff I'd never thought about before <laughs> that because of, of just, you know, two little words there. Yeah. But, but that's, I mean, that's the the one thing, the biggest and most appreciated change that I had given to me when I had uh, one of my old college professors look over my Book of God book. Um, and it was it was mostly supposed to be a fact check. He was he was going through and checking the facts that I put in there about when things were written, all that kind of stuff. Right. But he suggested a huge thing that. I'm so glad he suggested. And that was that um, we mentioned something about um, the Bible being a living thing that, that affects you. You know, it's, it's, it's real and it, it's life changing, you know, and, and that it's, it's not just a book, you know, it's not just words on a page. This is something that engages your life. Mm-hmm. And he, and he gave me the phrasing to use and I was just like, that is that is the best possible um, edit that I could have possibly gotten right. in that book. I was so glad because it was like I had hinted at it and he even wrote down, you know, you've kind of hinted at this, but, um, you know, this is this. You need to say this. And I'm just like, yes, I do. <laughs> Thank you. It was it was great. Um, you know, unfortunately, that was one of the last things that I think he worked on. Um, before he died, he was in a, a, a boating accident. So oh, wow. He's, I think he was in his seventies and he's one of the most healthy, strong men that I knew. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he was always going boating and, and kayaking and stuff like that, but he was putting his boat out and, um, just the boat slipped away from him and he went into the water and didn't come back. Wow. Yeah. And so, um, I was talking to a friend of mine who works at the library at the college and he said, oh, hey, we found a copy of your graphic novel in a notebook with a whole bunch of handwritten notes in there and a red pen. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so it's in the library now, in, in the archives of our libraries, as this thing that, that Dr. Carpenter worked on. But, um, yeah, he's an awesome professor. And I didn't have him for very many classes, but um, I was so glad when I, when I went to him, I was like, cause he went to our church, you know, mm-hmm. so I was a student there for, you know, 20 years ago, but he goes to our, ch- went to our church now. And, and I was like, I, my, my publisher is letting me do this you know, and they'll pay you. <laughs> you just let me know how much you want. Um, but I really want someone to look over this book. And he, he did. And that was, he gave me that change. And, and it, it's important to know. I mean, the Bible is not just lifeless. Yeah. It is life changing, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, it's, it will speak to you. You know, you may feel like it's not, but, um, 
you you got to be open to it. You've got to let it, and you got to be looking for it. what is it saying. Um, and you got to be careful how you look too. You know, don't just. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, you can't be like looking for the things that you want. Right, right. You know, it's you you look with the eyes of faith. You know, you it's it's you can't you can't overstress it you know you you pray about it you talk to the holy spirit and, and say you know what do you want to teach me through this and you know working from there you can go on you don't want to say i want to find a, like i don't want to you know get on a bandwagon about this or that but i'm just i'm just bringing one thing up that that, that, that has to do with it all right and careful I, i'm trying careful. to i'm just saying whatever you think about this this you know thing that i'm going to bring up either way this is not the way to go about it if you're pro if you're anti it this is not the way to go about it it was uh the green bible and they pulled out every single verse that had anything to do with the environment and highlighted it so it was in the beginning (laughs) god created the heavens and the earth earth well that's that's the environment so it was highlighted so i mean every single time it, it mentioned the earth metaphorically highlighted it mentioned, you know, plants in a in a parable highlighted, and so every single thing <laughs> was was highlighted because that's what they were looking for. Yeah, and see, I look at the, what they're doing there, and I would, you could do that. There are verses about the environment, mm-hmm. and there are verses, you know, but to me, I'd be like, well, I I, I think we're gonna use green ink on like five sentences. You know, and they're important sentences, you know, I mean, especially like that in the Genesis account where God is telling Adam, you know, give you dominion over this, you know, and there's a debate over what dominion means, Mm -hmm. but, um, you can't deny that it's, it's talking about man's relationship to the environment, you know? And so, um, but I, I don't know how much green I would actually use if I were the the editor on that book. I did hear – I don't remember the exact verses that the guy used. So I'm going to – this is going to be taken somewhat out of context. Um, And I disagree with him. This is some – another high school – going back to high school, I was at a youth convention and the guy was like, you can't just – Randomly, you know, just use the Bible. You know, you've got to, you got to have a, you know, you got to do it. You got to have a plan. You got to be methodical. You got to, um, you know, have a special time and everything. And, and I don't disagree necessarily with, with with that. But he's like, you can't just, you know, say, oh, I'm so depressed. What should I do? You know, and then just randomly open the verse. You know, and there, oh, and you know, and and oh, woe is me. You know, oh, okay, yeah, that's the way I feel. And then randomly open to another verse, and so and so took his own life. Oh, you know, and then randomly open a verse and it says, go ye and do the same. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's just like, well, but on the <laughs> other hand, I'll be honest. There have been times where I've just been like, you know, just going to sit down. And I just want to read something. And I don't know what. And I do randomly open to a spot in the Bible mm-hmm. and it touches me where I'm at, you know, because right. it, it, it can happen. I, I wouldn't say that that should be your primary method of reading the Bible is just to randomly open to different spots in the Bible, you know, whenever you're, you're going to actually read. But at the same time, you know, the book of Romans, that's something that you could randomly open to a page in the book of Romans and every single sentence is just packed with words that are going to right. potentially, yeah. you know, speak to where you're at, no matter yeah. what, what situation it might be. It um, can work, but you don't use that as your primary as, method. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But that's where, okay, maybe you're talking to God about something and, and just 
saying, okay, well, what should I do? But that comes also back to the, uh, the person who became a missionary because they were praying the night before, should I be a missionary or not? And the power went out that night. And so when they woke up, their digital clock was blinking 747. <laughs> so they became a missionary. Of course. Because, you know. <laughs> so, why, why wouldn't you think you could miss that? I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Sometimes though, but that's the thing is you can't say God was not speaking to them in that way because. Yes, you can. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's uh, just, yeah. I don't know because I I heard the story, but I, I know nothing about the actual mission, you know, and, and did they go and were they successful or did they go and they felt like they had failed and or did they go and, you know, just everything went wrong. I don't, I don't know what happened after that. I just had heard the story about the person who, and it may not even be a true story. It may just be one of those anecdotes that I picked along the way. So, yeah. again, not a Bible story. Because they didn't have digital clocks to blink in the Bible day, but that's right. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else you want to pull out of here? We've talked about C.S. Lewis. We've talked yeah. about mm, the character of Death from both Marvel and DC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not that's separating right. us. DC. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think we may be good. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I I enjoyed talking about this with you, Steve. This is this is fantastic. Glad, glad we picked this one out at random. It, it was just we opened up the just, podcast yeah. and that's where it was. I just stuck my pen into <laughs> my brain. <laughs> so no, this is I mean, this was pulled out because obviously it's a favorite verse of mine and and, yeah. and we needed and something too. to talk about and I wanted to do something that was not just another movie review because I've done a number of those and. I almost went to see a movie yesterday. What was it? <laughs> I wanted to go see the X-Men, but it wasn't playing at the place where I was at. And I was like, well, I could see Maleficent, but I wanted to see that with my wife. And then I said, well, I could see that new Tom Cruise movie, LOL. And then I said, let's see. Uh, uh, what uh, else uh, uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Spoiler, if you haven't listened to the podcast, yeah. it's a good movie, Steve. I, I I believe you. No, it really is. <laughs> Steve, this is not Daniel wishing Transformers on you, okay? You Are can you trust sure? me. Uh listen to my review. Listen listen to the I know I, I know <sighs> you I know you've got things to do, but listen to my review of Edge of Tomorrow. Oh I'll it is see what I can do. it is the exact opposite of Oblivion. In my opinion, and and the other thing with it is, yes, Tom Cruise is still Tom Cruise in the movie, and it's hard for him not to be, at, you know, at this point in his career. But it's a good movie, Steve. Uh, maybe my recommendation is, if you want to spend the money, do it. But it's worth a rental for sure. Okay, definitely red box that movie because it is a good movie. All right, I'll see what I can do. No, it's it's. I'm, I'm looking for sci-fi movies that I haven't seen that are actually enjoyable, <laughs> and that's one that I would put on. If someone was asking for the same thing from me, I would say, you know, as far as modern ones go, I, Moon is up there. Um, the Edge of Tomorrow is up there. 
uh, gravity, although that's better on the on the big screen than anything else. But yeah, it's it's a there's ideas there, and they actually play with them. And it's not. Did you like Groundhog Day? You know, I can't remember if I've seen Groundhog Day all oh, the way okay. through. So, right, well, if you don't like Groundhog Day, this one's slightly less annoying. <laughs> um, because you know it's just that starting the same day over and over again right you know right. and so you're seeing same scenes but they keep it fresh enough and they give you all the information you need and then the third act is surprising and different um i'm not going to go any further than that in in telling you things about this movie though okay but yeah so anyway i'm glad we did this though and not another movie review yeah, this, so. is a, this is a good one. Anything else to say before we close this off then? Uh, I think we're good. Okay. Well, then, I'm going to say thank you for listening, everyone, and we'd love to hear what you think. And all of the ways you can contact us are in the end credits. And beyond that, um, I guess all I have to say then is goodbye and Godspeed. You've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast, hosted by Ben Avery, Steve MacDonald, and Dr. Jace O'Neill. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. Please join in the conversation by visiting our website, strangersandaliens.com, where you will find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangers. Or you can leave us a voicemail on the Strangers and Aliens hotline. Just call 1-804-37-ALIEN and leave your message. And once again, thanks for listening.